I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with, and sometimes depart from, God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. So today we're talking about BTV Compassion, which I totally misinformed you earlier today. Okay. BTV stands for Bible TV, and it is a television uh, program hosted by Bernard Walton uh, in Odyssey. But there's like 12 episodes. I thought there was only like two. Okay. Well, let's back way the heck up here. Okay. Husband. You're just jumping in. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> First off, Crispin wanted to pick an episode for us to listen to that wasn't super intense because I think we ruined everybody's future 4th of July celebrations. Right. Yeah. Well, I told you I wanted to listen to Karen um, or the Mortal Coil. You guys, Karen is about a girl, a little kid who dies, which I cannot deal with right now. So we're not going to listen to that. Yeah. So we decided to listen to one of my favorite ones. So if you say anything bad about it. Then we are never... Yeah, so Crispin... So what Crispin does is he picks this episode that's all about a TV show, which is really weird because it's a radio show. But we're listening to, like, a TV show on a radio program. And it's called BCTV? BTV. Oh, BTV. Bible Television. Bible Television. <laughs> wow. And it's hosted by Bernard. Mm-hmm. And who the heck is he? Right. We have not listened to any episodes with Bernard yet. Yeah. I was clueless. And he is like a really common reoccurring character. But who actually. is he? He is a, the town custodian. There's only one for the whole town? Basically, yeah. Was, <laughs> what? Well, he's a custodian. But and, for the town? It doesn't make any sense. Well, he always ends up places when people need to talk, right? He's like a magical custodian. That, like when everyone... Is that a trope? Whenever someone like needs a heart-to-heart, like he's there cleaning something up, ready to talk. So what's... like? How would he be juxtaposed to wit? Um, is he like the cool wit, the fun wit? No, he's definitely silly. Oh, he's silly. Yes. Yeah, he's pretty funny. He's very folksy. He's kind of a combination between Wit and Bernard. That's not... I mean, Wit and Tom Riley. Not really, but... But who cares? I don't even... These are all a bunch of old white men that I don't understand. Right. It's because... My kids love them. (laughs) So, yeah. Bernard's great. Okay. Crispin loves Bernard. I can't say anything bad about Bernard. Or this whole episode. (sighs) Right. Okay, so, yeah, this is BTV colon... Wait, which reminds me of CCTV, right? Which is... When we were in China, that's what it's called. Oh, right, yeah, that's the government. State television. Uh-huh, right, This is like the state television of Focus on the Family, BTV. Right. Remember that, like, 
Christian radio station or a TV station I had when I was a kid that played Carmen music videos all the time. Oh yeah, that was like CCTV, we like contemporary Christian television. We had the VHS, and my mom had a huge crush on Carmen. She also had a huge crush on Mel Gibson. I kind of think they look the same. I know, yeah. They, in my mind as a kid, they were the same person. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, every... We can't even talk about Carmen, you guys. There are so many Carmen rabbit trails I could go down. You guys, there is so much Carmen drama. Okay, wait. Just throw out some of the rumors to give people an idea. Like, possibly Carmen's brother, who worked for Benny Hill... Hinn? Benny Hinn, was maybe murdered... Also, Carmen may or may not have faked cancer in order to gain notoriety and then raise a bunch of money for a comeback tour and then got healed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We truly believe in healings, but we don't know if we believe Carmen. Exactly. Um, But yeah, every Saturday night, there was a whole half an hour TV show called like Carmen Video Gold. And it was just Carmen videos. That's how many there were. He was really good at making videos. Right. There were enough to like have a different episode each week. So this episode brings up some nostalgia for you. Yes. Which is why we're talking about Carmen. Yeah. Right. It's great. Um, And uh, so basically it's a, it's like a, it's basically like a sermon in a certain way, the the episode. There's no plot, right? It's right. just like, what is compassion? Here's the definition of compassion. Here's what the Bible says about compassion. We interrupt this story about compassion to bring you a great act of compassion. Yeah, it was like a silly little sermon for kids. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it was doubly boring. I you laughed. No, I did not. You laughed at the did you? I think you laughed at the Shakespeare part. No. Well, you thought it was good because it, he quotes Shakespeare, uh-huh. or it quotes Shakespeare in there, in like Shakespeare is saying it. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. I could tell that you were thinking, like, this is ridiculous. But then he makes a comment about how Shakespeare is not, um, like, someone that's not very clear and hard to follow. William Shakespeare wasn't the clearest guy in the world. And then? Then I laughed, supposedly. Right, when he says, Wilt thou pluck out my beard and blow it in thine face? Wilt thou pluck out mine beard and blow it in my face? I resenteth thou thine insinuation, Poppinger! Yeah, you see what I mean. See? Oh my gosh, you guys, Christopher is such a nerd, and he loves, like, these voice actors, and he loves, like, the silly sound effects and all of that stuff. It's just like, you know, we've been listening to all these Adventures in Odyssey, and it's just, like, dwindled my love for Adventures in Odyssey to... Like, just deep disappointment. What's and wrong so, with me? Why do I think it's this kind of silly? But also, our daughter doesn't like it that much. Right. It's true. So it's not for everybody. I was like, I think the sweet spot is like 10-year-old boys. Maybe. Sensitive 10-year-old boys. Very sensitive. I actually, this episode did creep me out as a kid. Why? Because when Jesus comes back, well, first of all, Jesus in the dream creeped me out for some reason. Oh, because his voice is so lame. Marty. Marty, look out your window tomorrow, and you shall see me. There are real issues with how Jesus talks in these episodes. And then at the end, when he comes back in the dream, it's like the woman's voice and Jesus' voice at the same time saying, Oh, I like that. It is I. It is I. 
that's like Catholic. Everybody's yeah. one and the same and together, and I like that. Right. Anywho, this thing was all about compassion, and like Bernard or whoever just kept saying over and over again, like, why do we need to be compassionate to people? And I mean, actually, it's a good thought experiment. What is compassion? How would you define it? Why are we compassionate? Yeah, and I guess like the examples they used were fine. But mm-hmm. I don't think it means to like feel sorry for somebody. Right. Well, it says to feel sorry for someone and a desire to alleviate their suffering. Did they say that? Well, alleviate something. Um, yeah, definitely the main theme that flows through, though, and the reason I chose this one uh-huh. and why it's so great is it talks about this shoemaker named Marty. Just basically tell her, tells this parable where Marty is this man that, that loves God and he's getting uh, older and he prays one night and says, Jesus, I'd like to see you before I die. And so then Jesus comes to him in a dream and says, I'll come visit you tomorrow. So he's looking out all day. um, And uh, instead of seeing Jesus, he sees an old uh, veteran who is really poor and cold um, and then sees this woman, um, this single mother with a baby that doesn't have clothes because she's poor. Uh um, And then this... uh, boy and this vendor and they're fighting because um, a boy stole an apple from right yeah which i love that so this woman is saying you should be whipped for what you've done you want to be whipped for what you've done marty says like and that's the way we do things but that's not the way god does them and i just i really like that so marty intervenes and helps all these people yes because he's looking for Jesus, because Jesus told him in a dream Jesus is going to be there, but he's like, I never saw Jesus, but I helped these right. three people. Yeah, I mean, Jesus shows up in his dream the next night, Yeah, and he says, Lord, you said you were going to come, but you didn't come. Marty, I looked for you all day, Lord, but you never came. Not that I'm complaining, but what gives? And, uh, and then kind of in the faces of these different people, he says, it is I. I was there. Right, so I came in the form of these people in need of help. Yeah, and he says, you know, he quotes the scripture verse. Which one? Why am I drawing a blank? But whatever you've done for the least of these. Right, yeah, Matthew 25. And, well, yeah, I, I really like that because I think as a kid that really stuck with me. And I think that's a really different uh, view than I was given in the rest of my upbringing in terms of compassion and charity and that sort of thing. I don't think Well, they I was... didn't say charity. Right. That's a big difference, I think. That's true. But I think I was mostly brought up uh, to learn learning about charity. Like, I was thinking about it, and I don't know if I even learned about compassion. When I think about the themes that I learned growing up, it was a lot about, like, having the right answers, believing the right things, and God was on my side. And something that really stood out to me about this uh, episode is seeing God in others. And so, um, even, like, it talks about David and Mephibosheth, Right. Wish my sister had a frog named Mephibosheth. I cannot say it. Mephibosheth? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, it's great. So, I mean, there's David um, searching out the his enemies. I don't really understand because he kills his enemies, but he's still. I know. I mean, it's very confusing, but the, the story there is. So confusing. 
is that David is reaching out to his enemy and the other. Yeah, so a part of the other part of this little show is like they do a Bible quiz about <laughs> compassion. Yes, it's who's got compassion? The game show where contestants pit their knowledge against one another for fabulous prizes, all to answer the question Who's got compassion? And again, I'm like, these people are obsessed with Bible quizzes um, and getting the right answers. But I do agree with you. I think the overall point about compassion was really good and and that story of Marty and you know he saw Jesus in the face of these three people that reminds me of my personal hero Dorothy Day Mm -hmm. who says she um you know met Christ in the faces of the poor and I think that is kind of exactly what has happened to me um Mm -hmm. in my own personal life you know I was raised to witness to people and try and convert them And tell them about Jesus. And then what happened was I ended up spending my life with people who were just really struggling to survive here in America, mostly refugees and immigrants, but also people in generational poverty here in America. And it's almost like too mystical to explain, but I just, you know, I feel like I met Jesus Mm -hmm. by being with them and by living with them and serving them and being in relationship with them. I just feel like, oh my gosh, I now have relationship with Christ and you know that's something Dorothy Day talks about all the time in fact there's this really beautiful artwork somebody made of Dorothy Day like sitting in her house like the Catholic worker and sitting with a homeless person um but the homeless person has a halo around their head you know Mm -hmm. like they're they're an icon they're a saint and Mm -hmm. just like that is a really cool message that I yeah I wish we talked about to our kids more I wish we talked about to each other more so Mm -hmm. I liked it yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think even as a kid listening to this, that was really novel to me because I grew up with so much of an emphasis on on compassion as connected to evangelism. Yeah. Can we talk about something that happened on Saturday? Yes. How we You were helping out at this event at our school, uh-huh. which they do a lot of things that like churches do to evangelize neighborhoods, like, right, like give out free food and give out free clothes. And, you know, our neighborhood school is like one of the poorest in all of Oregon. And But this church was doing it, but they don't evangelize, but they were playing a song. Yes. <laughs> they were playing the breakfast song by Newsboys. Why don't you just sing a few lines, Chris? No, no, I always no. try and get you to sing on here. I know, right? I actually was just thinking as we were talking about homeless people with angels on their heads, thinking of Michael W. Smith. Okay. When he sings that song, Baby, we are entertaining angels unaware. But you don't yeah. know that song. Angels unaware, but I remember being very impacted by that verse as a child. Anyways, so this church was playing this song, They Don't Serve Breakfast in Hell, which... Which I always thought... So, like, I... First of all, I should confess that I sang this song to my peers, to my other classmates in elementary school, basically because I thought the song was like, you're not a Christian, so you're going to find out that they don't serve breakfast in hell. Ha ha. Oh my gosh. Yes, right. Well, I was bullied a lot, and I thought it was because I was a Christian. I'm not, like, justifying it. I'm just saying that, like, I had this very uh, strong but warped version of being a Christian. So, yeah, they were playing... Probably because you listen to Adventures in Odyssey all the time. But whatever. Um, anywho, so so that's Saturday. So this song, for those of you who don't know, you should just Google it. Was right. it called The Breakfast Song by Newsboys? So. Breakfast Song or Breakfast Club, but I'm pretty it sure Breakfast Song. It is about something having to do with 
Well, it basically goes when the toast is burned and all the milk is turned and Captain Crunch is waving farewell. Uh-huh. When the big one finds you, may the song remind you that they don't serve breakfast in hell. So it all comes down to, like, if you've prayed the prayer or else you're going to be cast into, you know, a pit of everlasting eternal torment. By the big one. Who's exactly. coming to find that you. That sounds super awesome. So... They're playing this song at the park, and you turned it off. Yes. Which I was like, that's right. awesome. I'm like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to play this song in this public place with a lot of kids that need to just know that God loves them and adores them. I don't know why I was talking about that, but... Oh, because you are talking about how you were growing up. Right, and I think that was really novel to me. Hearing this episode as a kid, what was really novel was uh, we're compassionate... Because Jesus is compassionate, and um, by being compassionate, we can encounter Jesus, which is really different than uh, we are compassionate because we want people to become Christians, which sadly is like still a really common theme that I hear in circles is like, well, we, you know, we want to do good things. We want to help people, but that's because we want to, you know, spread the gospel, Um, and I don't necessarily want to separate those things, but it's really disturbing to me that people do not want to be compassionate if it doesn't mean that people are going to accept the theological views that they have. Yeah. Okay. So here's my little socialist bit, right? Listening to this parable of this guy, Marty, helping these three people, I was like, what kind of town do you live in where everybody's so poor and they can't (laughs) afford anything? Like rent or clothes or food or Mm. you know and even like the last story about like the little boy who steals the apple from the lady and she's like let's whip him and he's like i'm the sole provider for my mom and my sisters and Mm. i'm the only provider for my mother and sister without me they'll starve well that serves you and i'm right um she's sort of like well you got yourself into this mess and at the very end she says something but he the little boy's like well i'll just help you you know pull your wagon to show he's like a respectful kid now and i was like hello why isn't everybody concerned with like these systems that are creating impoverished people right Right. Mm -hmm. like what is real compassion just like giving someone food i think that's great i do i truly do but you know when we were in this organization interchange that you know lives and works among the urban poor like i think the founder john hayes was the one who said like the story of the good samaritan like after you've helped you know, eight, nine, ten Samaritans, you start, you start asking yourself the question, like, where are all these robbers coming from? Like, after you do this for a while, you have to start thinking about the systems that create people in such need and in need of compassion. And so I think that's kind of where we have come to. Mm-hmm. Again, like, I love compassion. I love helping people. But I feel like if you're really involved in the lives of people... Pretty quickly, you're going to come to a place where you have to start thinking about how to how to change systems. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? And of course, this did not address that in any way, shape, or form. That's true. It's funny. I thought about it differently. I was like, oh, it's really interesting. He starts looking for Jesus, and all of a sudden, he starts seeing people in need around oh, no. him. No, I was like, he lives in a hellhole, <laughs> capitalist system, you know, and the death rolls. I mean, it's kind of like our neighborhood. There's a lot of people in need. Like, every right. week, we meet people who have, like incredibly overwhelming needs Mm -hmm. like our country is not working for them right and nobody cares that's how it feels like to me just Mm -hmm. real talk and of course i I can't help but think about 
you know, the people who created these episodes doing this whole thing about compassion, where the Republican Party is now known for having, you know, some of the least compassionate policies ever. Mm-hmm. This healthcare bill, like all this stuff, you know, like there's 10 states now, I guess, saying they're going to th- sue like the United States government if they don't repeal DACA, like which is, you know, helping kids whose parents came here undocumented be able to go to college, things like that. Right. Like that's evil. That is the antithesis of compassionate. But I I bet you money those 10 states would consider themselves like the most Bible believing states. Mm hmm. Because I know Texas is the one right, spearheading yeah. it. So how does it, how do we get to this place where we do teach our kids about compassion, and then we end up being the proponents to ensure systems that create such inequality and such need? Well, I think what was really different about this episode, like I said before, is like focusing on others um in terms of those that are different than us so not like people in our in group or in our family and i actually think that a lot of what i grew up with i can't speak for everyone but what i grew up with was a lot of like you take care of your family you take care of other church members you take care of people around you you don't um reach out into other areas Mm -hmm. um and I don't know if that's because I became a missionary kid at 12, so I mostly am reflecting on evangelical evangelicalism in America like up until age 12, but I feel like I didn't even learn anything about um, helping the poor or anything like that. What about... I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, I think it was always a part of our family is being aware of that. Like, you know, a Thanksgiving or two, we helped out at a homeless shelter and... Um... I don't know. My parent, my dad was a pastor and we always had people at our church who were really in need emotionally or materially and, you know, always had post-homeless people and, um, yeah. So I feel like that was definitely a reality in my life and it was actually quite normalized, which mm. is cool because I think that's also what we're doing for our kids too. Like I was thinking about how have we talked to our daughter about this episode. I brought it up a few times with her. Like she doesn't know her friends are poor yet, mm-hmm. but I think that day is coming. I overheard her in the car the other day. She was like, we were in my mom's car and she was watching like a DVD cause they have a fancy car. And she was saying something to her cousin, like, it's really not good to be rich. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like, I was like, you know, swooped around and like looking at her. And, but she was talking to her cousin. She's like, because if you're rich, then like all the robbers would come to your house and steal your stuff. I was like, oh, okay. That's like, <laughs> not exactly how I would say it, but it was kind of a fascinating peek into her little mind about like, why it's not good to be rich. But. I think she does have this general sense of, like, if people are poor and there's people who have more than they need, there's something wrong here. Which I'm like, yeah, kids mm-hmm. get it. And in America, we are trained as we grow up to not listen to our childlike innocence, you know, the kingdom of Godness in ourselves. And we're trained to ju- start to justify why there is need that exists side by side with, with great wealth. and. You know, I think inequality it just continues to grow and grow and grow, and we and we try and keep justifying it. But deep down, I think this kind of Christ-like compassion makes it, yeah, it just makes it excruciating to live in this kind of unequal society. 
Right, yeah. I don't know. It's excruciating for me. Today, this morning, um, at church, our pastor talked about the parable of the workers where they get, um, they all start at different times during the day, but all get paid the same. Um, and he was just saying, you know, this is what the kingdom of God is like. The anti-capitalist. Right, parable. yeah, right. Where people get, um, where people are given, based on the generosity um, of of the employer in this parable, but also based on their need, right? So, I mean, these are day workers. They're people that are hired for that day. Obviously they're standing out because they need, Mm -hmm. they need that money to be able to survive for that day. And so, um, I really like that, like reflection of like, they were given, uh, not what they earned, but what they needed. And that is what the kingdom is like. Yeah. It's a hard parable. Even for me, like, I want to be someone who's compassionate, but there's something in me that's like, you get what you deserve, you know? Like, I think that's just a part of being American, and I worked hard to try and follow God, you know? Like, I should deserve something from God, and it's just crazy that that is not how God works at all. And I think it can be liberating, like, if we can lay aside the fact that we think we've earned anything. And it's interesting even, again, going back to thinking about what compassion is. I think for me, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, Compassion is rooted in empathy, and I just am always imagining what life is like for people and imagining that it could be me and mine. Mm. And I think that's gone a long way towards strengthening compassion in my own life. Um, Just doing simple thought experiments, like, you know, I hang out with a bunch of refugees. What would it be like if I could never come back to Oregon, see my family, have my kids get a good education like what would what would that be like and yeah just taking the time to do these thought experiments I think can go a long way but yeah I guess I overall liked where this episode was going and we all need to think about ways to help our kids grow in compassion and help ourselves too right yeah yeah I have nothing to rant about boring. I know. I thought it was really a really sweet episode, which I appreciated. And I think kind of planted some roots in me as a kid to better understand compassion. So we got to get a more intense episode soon. I guess so. Right. Well, we're finished for today, but thank you guys so much for listening, uh, for sending recommendations, for tweeting at us. You guys are awesome. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.